Welcome to EDM Talk, a podcast dedicated to the electrical discharge machining industry. I'm your host, Ken Dworznik. EDM Talk is sponsored by Grafell Carbon Products. Today's episode of EDM Talk, we are joined by Grafell Corporation West Coast Regional Sales Manager, Jeff Kazonis. Today, we're going to continue our discussion from last week's podcast and dig deeper into EDM applications. Jeff, thanks for taking the time once again with us. Uh, you're welcome, Ken. Thanks for uh, having me on the podcast today. First question for you, Jeff. Uh, it's a follow-up from last week. We spoke about the differences in the EDM industry today compared to previous years. You mentioned specifically about EDM technology and also briefly about the addition of new technology. Can you talk in more specifics about this new technology and what it entails? The new technology in EDM that I refer to is specific to the generator that actually the, the units that generate the spark activity between the electrode and the workpiece. And this is both on the wire and the sinker EDMs, even the hole drill EDMs. For example, a hole drill EDM used to be that when they first came out, it was just a down and dirty machine. It was made to drill through hard metals that you couldn't take a cutting edge to because they'd already been hardened. For example, you have a piece of steel, you have a bunch of drilled and tapped holes in it, you send it out for hardening, it comes back and somebody says, hey, we missed a hole. Well, you could use one of these machines to actually drill through that plate very quickly in a very crude manner and then put it on a wire EDM machine and wire out that hole to the size it needs. Today's hole drills, you can still have those, what I refer to as just simple hole poppers. But now there are uh, hole drills out there that are used for aerospace manufacturing, for cooling holes and blades and veins that are made specifically for hole drilling in a very controlled manner. All the EDMs are like this. They've gone from a crude system to a very sophisticated system that monitors and controls the spark thousands of times a second. This kind of protection and monitoring of the spark gap, more advanced electronics, tighter controls on what's going on with the spark in terms of inductance and on times and off times and everything else involved with that generator creating those sparks in the spark gap. The technology electronically has come so far to make those sparks extremely clean and also to protect those sparks from developing pits or arcs or anything destructive in that workpiece. So as far as the machines themselves, on the technology side, and by technology we're talking about the different setting packs that the generators will use to generate sparks from roughing through finishing. It's just a huge difference from even 25 years ago to today on uh, how much control the machines really have to protect things and, and make the spark activity better and more efficient. Jeff, we had Tom Swihart on from Aurora a few podcasts ago. And one thing that he talked about, and I wanted to kind of get your two cents on this, not to put you on the spot, but I thought it'd be a good question. One thing that he has seen in the EDM industry, and I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of experienced guys in EDM, people like yourself that have been in it for 30 some years, some of those folks are not involved or in stepping down. And some of the, I guess you want to say intellectual prowess and some of the information that people once had is starting to go away because of the controls. He's seeing more and more people go to something with robotics or something that's automated on its own. Is that something that you're starting to see in the industry as well with maybe some of the customers you've been working with or some other people you talk to? I have seen it and I continue to see it. I've been preaching that for 
Oh, geez, uh, 20 years myself. Automation is really the way to go to compete globally in a highly competitive market where margins just aren't what they used to be. You know, I look at some big shops. I'm not going to throw any names out, but I look at some big shops in my territory in the Western United States. You know, one shop in particular comes to mind has at least a dozen fully automated EDM cells. Wow. And and this is where they can just load up a rack with electrodes and that robot actually feeds two different machines in some cells so that they can just load up 150 electrodes, hit the go button, and both machines will start working and they'll continue working unattended, not taking anyone's labor hours, and they'll make everything that they need to make. And when they're done, a light will go off to let the operators know. Now that that's being competitive. It is a big cost up front. You know, when you're talking about adding automation, it's not just simply, oh, well, I'm going to buy a machine tool, I'm going to buy this robot, and I'm going to connect them. It's not that simple usually. There's usually some communications issues that will be involved. If it's, you know, a setup that's been done many, many, many times, yeah, it's going to be pretty easy and pretty quick to do. But if, if you can afford the automation, it really will pay for itself pretty quickly these days. And for those shops that can keep an automated cell working most of the time, I think it would really pay off. That's the way of the future in my eyes. Well, something that kind of goes along with what we're talking about, Jeff, one of the things that many people in the industry have begun to see more and more with industries using more hard milling. In your retrospect, and obviously with your experience and what you're seeing now and all that, how does this affect EDM and what do you see EDM being in the future if there's more and more hard milling involved? I saw hard milling really start to come into its own when I was a service engineer on EDM equipment. And there was a particular customer that I went to several times that had 16 sinker EDMs from the company I worked for. One of those machines was set up and every time I went to this company, that machine was making um, forging dies. Uh, they were connecting rod forging dies for uh, Ford Motor Company. And every time I went in there, I would see two dies in the machine, big electrodes hanging from the rack, and that machine would just be chugging along. I went in there one time, and that machine was absolutely empty and dry and quiet. And I asked, did you guys lose the job or what? And they said, no, we put it on that new milling machine over there. Turns out that they bought one of the first high-speed, hard-milling capable machines in the state that they were in. And in talking to them, I found out that they were producing three times more dyes on that machine every month than they could ever possibly hope to on the Sinker EDM. Hmm. Uh, so that, that was the first instance I saw where hard-milling uh, was a real advantage. Now, with a forging die, there's not a lot of sharp, crisp detail either. And back in the day, uh, again, this was one of the first machines of its kind in the state. It wasn't sophisticated as it is today. So they still did some EDM on some things, but that's where the hard milling took away from EDM. Now, instead of having to build one very large electrode with a lot of detail on it, uh, you could mill out most of the cavity in a mold and then just use your EDM machine to do very small details. Or if it's a multi-cavity mold and you're using inserts, you're only gonna do a detail burning on the inserts. Everything else will be hard milled. That's pretty much how things run today. So the hard milling, as far as 
taking away from EDM. It certainly did. It reduced the requirement and the need for EDM to a smaller area, smaller package, smaller detail. Well, one thing that certainly is extremely important in the EDM industry, and one of the aspects of the industry that seems like it's stayed about the same for years is actually talking about graphite. One thing that could be said is about graphite is it hasn't really changed as the years have gone on. What is your thoughts on the graphite material industry and talk about what you have experienced with materials? Well, like you say, graphite really hasn't changed a lot over the decades. You know, POCO 3 is POCO 3. And Merson has a new, relatively new product called DS4. That would, I think, be the most recent development within the graphite industry. But you have to look at what the jobs are to determine what graphite to use, even though it's the same graphite that's been around for years and years and years. For example, if you're going to do a pretty large surface area with not a lot of sharp detail and you just want to hog metal out, use a, a lesser grade of graphite. Um, use something like a POCO 200 grade that's going to give you good metal removal and you don't really care about where because there's not a lot of sharpness into it. Where if you're doing medical molds, if you're doing certain finishes that you have to get to, very fine finishes, if you're burning carbide, well, now you're going to want to look to copper impregnated graphite or possibly copper or in some cases even copper tungsten. It really depends on what the application is. The guys at POCO always laugh at themselves and apologize for saying it depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that mm-hmm. really is the rule of thumb with sinker EDM. There, there is no cut and dry. On a wire EDM machine, you can go to the machine and you can punch in your program and you can do your cut pattern and you can generate a, a little uh, table that will tell you how long it's going to take to get that job done. And it's going to be pretty close. On a sinker machine, you can't do that because it depends. What kind of graphite is it? What kind of oil is it? And how old is the oil? When was the last time you changed your filters? When was the last time you checked the uh, connections on all of the wires for your machine? If they start developing some uh, resistance because of corrosion on contact areas, that's going to affect the burn. So unfortunately, it does depend. But when you're looking at specific applications, that's where you really start have to differentiate and separate the different grades of graphite from the different grades of metallic and whether or not I'm going to use copper or copper tungsten based on what my requirements are. Sure. So many different factors. It's just so tough to tell. When I first started working for Grafell, and I know you've had the opportunity to spend some time with Rob and Father Gill from POCO, EDM application specialist, as well as Mark Sanders. When you would hear that with those guys talking to customers, you're like, really? That's where we're at? But as you learn the business, you're like, that is actually the best answer because there's so many different factors you can't accommodate for. Exactly. And that's why it's so critical with sinker EDM in particular. If you want to get good applications, help with a project, something new, something you're struggling with, you really have to ask those applications people to see what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes. Communication. I mean, I, I did application support for sinker EDMs for a couple of years for an OEM. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's hard to see what is being described to you. So it's very critical that when the applications guys are asking the questions, don't get frustrated with them. They're just trying to work through their process to make sure they have a full understanding of the situation to give you the best answers as they can in support of you. One tough question I have for you, Jeff, and obviously everyone's experienced some different downfalls with industries and things like that. You're handling the West Coast. Talk about what you are seeing in that part of the country 
and with industries and business and things like that? Well, in the western part of the United States, the, the major industries, especially for what we support, are aerospace and medical, and a lot of firearms and, and ammunition manufacturing as well, from very small mom-and-pop shops to some of the major players. For example, you've got Browning Arms up in Utah, Barnes Bullets in Utah. So there's several big-name manufacturers out here. The firearms manufacturing industry, just because of what we all see in the news happening, and with you know the surge in, in purchases of firearms and everything else, that industry is going strong. There's not a lot of sinker EDM used in the industry, certain areas, but they use a lot of wire EDM. So that industry right there is something that I kind of keep an eye on. I've got a couple of customers that do sinker work occasionally that I help out. But the major players being medical and aerospace, aerospace in particular, it's not doing well right now. And we all know why. The 737 MAX issues, travel bans, travel restrictions by business people and their companies. My understanding is right now travel, uh, if you look at the TSA website, travel is at about 16 to 18% of what it was a year ago. That means that planes aren't flying. If they're not flying, they don't need engine repairs. If they don't need engine repairs, then, well, you don't need to do the EDM work on those engine components. The only sectors I see that are really active in the Western United States are people involved with medical molding and medical parts manufacturing that are more critical. For example, in California, when they have their lockdowns, anything to do with cosmetic surgery, cosmetic medical, anything is put on hold because it's non-essential. Yeah. It's an elective thing. With aerospace, if you're involved in aviation, if it's military, you might be doing pretty well. If it's commercial, you're not doing well right now. If you're involved with aerospace, but on the ground power generation turbine side of things, that's very strong. The other thing that's going strong right now is anything to do with space exploration and space launches. So those are the things that I see. Unfortunately, with the slowdown in the major industry of aviation, that affects so many other things. I have small EDM shops that are waiting for their customer, who's probably waiting on their aerospace manufacturer to get the okay for the project. Yeah. Heat treating is used extensively throughout aerospace. So the heat treating industry probably in, in my sector has gone down at this point, just like everybody else. There's not a need for the parts, no, there's not a need to be heat treated. So there is a trickle effect, and you know we're really starting to see it more and more in the Western states, I think. Well, Jeff, once again, thank you so much for the time. If someone is, wants to contact you on an application or has an individual question, what's the best way they can contact you? The easiest way is by my cell phone. That's 480-510-4146. I'll give my email address. That would be Jeff, J-E-F-F, dot Kizonis, K-I-S, like Sierra, Z-O-N, like Nancy, A-S, like Sierra, at graffel.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, and you can also go to uh, www.graffel.com and uh, find information about myself, other sales locations throughout the country, and the different products and services that we offer. Jeff, once again, really appreciate the time. Great information, and enjoy the rest of your week. You too, Ken, and uh, thanks for having me on the, the show today. 
You've been listening to EDM Talk, sponsored by Grafell Carbon Products. Please go to grafell.com backslash blog for previous episodes. You can also find EDM Talk on seven different podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for listening to EDM Talk. Have a great week.